Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique well-being solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Satyarthi. Satyarthi has a huge passion for serving and minding others through his work as a professional body worker, as a co-founder of Rebalancing, as a somatic experience therapist, as an active disciple of Osho, and as a group therapy leader. So, Satyarthi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Brian, for uh, inviting me. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, and you're so welcome. And can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here? Well, um, I, you know, I grew up in um, the Bay Area, San Francisco, in County. And when I was 14, it was 1966. I was a freshman in high school there. But it was like uh, the hippie revolution took off where I grew up, actually. And, and that was a lot around self-inquiry and uh, alternative and uh, music and, and freedom. I had a big feeling of freedom and, and more openness around love and care. And so then massage and body work really started also at that time becoming, it was still alternative, very alternative, but it started growing and became body work like in the forms of Feldenkrais and Rolfing and postural integration and uh, Alexander technique, all of the different methods, they started happening and I was dancing um, and I started becoming disillusioned with my dream of, of, of being a professional dancer because I was in a company and I wasn't really enjoying it. And, um, and then I, so I quit. And then I looked at what I could do in relation with dance and self-inquiry. And there was a woman who did work with self-inquiry and dance. And through her, I went to Esalon, which was a big growth center and there I got rolfed, and so I experienced deep body work, and uh, and it had a really big impact on me. I think I was around night twenty, and it had a big impact on me. And then I was a seeker, you know. I was how I could grow. I was interested in in humanistic psychology, which was really growing at that time, and and uh, and body work part of that it was part of everybody's growth program who was uh working them themselves in group therapies and meditations and ritual and body work and uh, so body work just called me it spoke to me because i'm very kinesthetic i love to dance but i also love to touch i'm very much oriented towards touch so it, it called me and I just learned, I learned this training. I was uh, 21 when I learned and in San Francisco with Jack Painter, I became a postural integrator. And, uh, and I kept working, you know, and I, I, I wanted to teach groups. So I learned different things. I learned shiatsu and I started leading shiatsu trainings. This was in like 74 stuff. So. 
And I also would support me to be with people and help people and share with people. And at the same time made my life fluid. I could move around and it was part of uh, the growth movement. And, and I was part of that in the, my way. And so I just expanded from there. And uh, I learned many different methods. Um, I studied acupuncture and, uh, I, I, and Chinese medicine. I, I started studying different types of therapy and um, because I, I liked receiving therapy because it was part of my growth. I'm Jewish and it was part of um, to self-inquire and to also understand my emotional world because um, I'm emotionally based. It's part of being kinesthetic, I think. And uh, so the therapies of those days were also opening up to things. And I started doing Neo-Reikian, I remember. And then I thought, wow, this body work I'm doing and Neo-Reikian, they fit together yeah. somehow. And I wanted to put more of the energetics into, into the body work also, not yeah, expand it to become more energetic. And so there, I, I, at that time, I was think I was 23 and then I met Osho and uh, through sannyasins, I was living in San Diego and teaching my work and doing sessions. I was very work oriented. I still am very work oriented. I'm driven by work and, and I love my work luckily, but I have that. And so I would, then I was like, so I was a hippie and, but I was very work oriented. And, uh, and so I was looking at things through work. And when I first met Sanyasins, Osho's disciples, they started coming for sessions in San Diego and I was 23. It was in like 74, 75. And, uh, and then I became aware of Osho. And um, soon I was very, very intrigued by Osho and by the sannyasins. They were just so alive and, and on fire and beautiful. And so I soon went into uh, supporting and become part of a company in Southern California called Gitan. And uh, I taught body work there also for a while and then went to India. And when I met Osho, I was in the commune, I was 76. Um, it was scary, you know, because there you land in India, man. And, and India in those days, too, was even funkier, you know. And uh, you get sick, everybody gets sick. But, you know, I moved into this commune. Osho had a commune around him. He was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh then. And it was uh, from the 70s, you know, because this I'm saying is 76. So there was people from the 70s and 60s that from all over the world. And they, there was amazing therapy, group therapists there, amazing, and uh, body workers. And I became one and taught dance for a little while, too. And... Uh, and then, you know, I was there in the commune and what I did was very important for me, but also just what happened by being 
in a, a Buddha field like that uh, with other people and being that close with other people also. The, what they say in the Eastern world, the Sangam, which is the community, you also get a lot of work and that's what happened there because it was a very open and free space uh, on many levels. And uh, even though we had structure, we went meditated with Osho every day. We went through groups. We did a lot of things. We worked. We meditated again sometimes in the evening with Osho. And, and then we partied. We partied, yeah. We really partied in India. You know, it was very strong. And it was long days, but we had... And Osho was blowing our minds. And the body workers were good. There was Rolfers, there was me, there was Feldenkrais guy, there was Alexander Technique, there was, uh, then Traegering came, and uh, there was everything that was contemporary. There was massages, all kinds of massage, and a great, great therapy groups but, and sessions. But uh, so I learned, and the beautiful thing there, Brian, was that we weren't competing for clients because yeah. Making money, we weren't. It was doing it together. Nobody was making money. We were living there to be with Osho and being taken care of. And, and that, um, everybody was just. And then sharing. we exactly. Yeah, you got it. Everybody shared with each other. Everybody gave each other sessions. Everybody taught each other what they were doing. And so we had this very connected because we weren't there to to do business we were there to be with osho but we all loved our work and we were blessed to have that as our work and our contribution but we were there bonding to be with osho and to be with the community around osho and to go for truth that was the bottom line of it all and um and so we, I lived that way for a long time. I, I stayed and, and for rebalancing, developed and got very big. And, and we'd had do very long trainings, three and a half month trainings every day. Uh, no, six days a uh, week, we, we would teach and uh, large groups. And, and it was really a beautiful time for me of development around the work when I'm speaking of the work, but also to be in Osho's field and have everything, not just the work, but everything is, that you get from being in such a field. And uh, yeah, I lived that many years and developed the body work that not for many years. And then Osho died in 1990. And uh, in January, and I, I, um, so I stayed. I, I, I would stay six months a year in Pune, and still many people did, all the way through till 2000. Uh, I did something else. I moved to another community with another spiritual master, kind of, uh, and it was called Miracle of Love, and that's where this path of love came from. But. Um, and then I came back to Sanyas, to Osho after that. I stayed there six years. Wow. But, uh, and then I just, I started a new form of body work. I realized I wanted to have, make it energetic and not just myofascial release or, but myofascial energetic release. So it brings in breath, 
and uh, it brings in movement and that makes creates an emotional environment and therefore you work with trauma and I teach a specific way that I teach to as it comes up in sessions and how to you know so that the training is also trauma informed and 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 yeah I'm doing that and and I keep changing, we're, we're, you know, adding to it. It's a fluid system. And uh, yeah, but it, it's been years, you know, I just did a training now in France and then, and then one here right after in Greece. And, and in this one in Greece, which was actually something new for me and everyone, it was called the practitioners uh, meeting. And we all, people said of this work we came together, 30 people, and, and we did sessions on each other for five days and danced and shared. Wow. And that was a really nice thing also for me because I received sessions. And some of these people I realized are, are partly my tribe. And that's the other thing that I learned and pass on is that I can create a tribe. Because in the work also you're meditating dancing together, you're doing sharings together, you're touching together, but you're touching from a place of love. And love is very emphasized, you know. Osho would share with us that as body workers that 90% uh, of the healing comes from the love that comes through your hands, 10% technique. Yeah. And and Absolutely. then I would add to that, that, yeah, it's true. But that 10%, you got to get really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that takes some time. You got to sharpen, you got to sharpen your saw. Yeah, you got to sharpen your saw and learn yeah. and, and, and stay home. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's also true when you work with people, you know, it's, uh, uh, you're working with all kinds of different things. Yeah. and also what i get from you to, to stay curious like you sound like you're curious like you're, you're you know, like you're learning all the time it's not that you know you put yourself out there as you know the expert because you know that kind of in zen buddhism that beginner's mind that like you know you're, you're, you're curious and you're humble and you know you're always willing to to share what you know and also willing to learn as well yeah and i think that if you want to if you want to stay relevant and alive in the work, you got to be curious and still yeah. learning as you're teaching. Be willing to let your teaching be affected by what you're learning. And of course, it does. It just, but, and that I find it, it that right these days, I, I'm sometimes challenging, but it's also uh, much more rewarding. And the challenge comes by trying to teach deep connected breathing along with the touch. And so that is a, you know, a proactive client who's, who's consciously breathing and then teach them unwinding, fascial unwinding or somatic release. And that is that also is a teaching. So I'm doing all three with touch and then I can more with the client. It just sets sets of strokes. You, you have strategy and vision, but you end up dancing with the client because the client's and the unwind 
healing is releasing themselves. They're self-healing or self-regulating. And you're then following. And following if they come from the back pain or whatever. Uh, so that's very interesting from my side. And looking at the work holistically, looking at low back pain, for instance, as a deep body work teacher and practitioner, back pain coming because it's a very effective method for low back pain. But I'm looking at teaching the underlying cause of low back pain, which in my view is emotional holding patterns yeah. and, and energetic holding patterns. And, and that's tightening the fascia because fascia is very emotional and it's very sensory. It's the most sensory system in the body. And it is very emotionally connected. So emotional holding, emotional disturbance puts tension in the fascia. Boom, their back hurts because there's so many pain-sensitive nerves in the fascia. Yeah. And this is something that the trainer for the uh, World Cup team, football team in Germany, uh, he's a fascial expert and he also that they they get him to do the work uh to to keep the client the the football players healthy from pain because they know that works the best and it's actually true and i bring in the understanding of john sarno you know he uh mindful understanding that that emotional repression is causing so just that awareness is enough of you don't always have to emotionally release. You just make the connection. And then yeah. you're responsible that it's not structural. This is the misunderstanding that millions suffer from, billions. Yeah. You know, 80% of people get chronic pain. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. It's the biggest, more money spent in healthcare on chronic pain because they don't diagnose it right. They diagnose it wrong, and thus the diagnosis is the treatment is wrong, and people stay in chronic pain, and then they're all hypnotized to be in chronic pain together. You might notice that chronic pain gets bigger. Low back pain is bigger than it was before, uh, and it's, it becomes part of the collective. <laughs> but that, but as you know, like that whole kind of over-reliance on that kind of medical, mechanical model which is, you know, the, the, the kind of the go-to for the majority of people at the moment. And as you said, like, you know, and, and that's, you know, pharmaceuticals and, you know, like kind of steroid injections and surgeries and, you know, okay, look, like the medical model has its place. But like, as you said, they're like, it's to make the connection that, you know, like the body keeps score, you know, the, the body keeps the score and it's, you know, like, if you can think of it as an emotional and um, as, emotion, as an emotional issue and to kind of recognize that, that sets you on a different path away from that kind of medical mechanical model, isn't it? And structural. Like with Stru pain, yeah. what they do is they make it into structural disease. Like yeah. they say you have a flip disc or you have a degenerated disc. That's structural problem. That's yeah. your, your damaged goods then, you know. Yeah. Or they say you have functional arthritis and you have to take this medication for it. Or they say you have uh, a herniated disc where it's, it's pressing on you know, the sciatic nerve. All of these diagnoses are structural damage. And what 
not just me, but many that I read and learn from mm -hmm. uh, are saying is that it's 90% of it is not structural, 95 maybe yeah. is not structural. It is emotional, psychological, and functional habits, sitting in front of a, uh, a computer all day long, bent yeah. over, doing something you don't like. That's the majority of men that have fucking back pain. You know? Absolutely, and, and can be driving for two hours to work. To get uh, there, two to hours. do this thing you don't yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then to drive two hours home, and it's like, and then you're, you're sitting there watching TV all night. It's like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And it's the sitting, but it's also doing stuff you don't like. And by yeah. always doing stuff you don't like, it's emotionally stressful. And the low back tightens up, man. Absolutely. And the Absolutely. neck, which is the second biggest, neck and head are the second biggest pain syndromes. And they tighten together with the low back, you know, and, and those are like, for me and the people like me, that's a huge customers, you know, people I train. Those are the customers, neck, back pain, knee pain, headaches. Uh, they come for those reasons. And then you teach them different things because you show them the underlying causes and something structural. It's actually in the fascia, but being held mostly because of uh, emotional and psychological holding patterns. Absolutely. And then you show them... The, your usage also, you have to use your body and learn to use it a little different and you teach. But it's a kind of holistic system for body work, you know, and nothing's holistic, but it's, it's, it's for body work. I'm trying to make it because it's where my background comes from, Brian. I, I actually don't have a choice. Yeah. And I, again, I love what you're talking about, that kind of holistic approach. Um, even, you know, like kind of, you know, let's say, your 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 posture and you know kind of let's say how you your breathing like it, it look it's all look as as we know it's all interlinked there's a huge crossover between you know body work breath work emotional work it, it just there's so many kind of you know um you know kind of connections between all those so I, I love that holistic kind of point of view that you're taking because you know if you go to a you know your gp and you've got lower back pain, they'll send you to maybe an orthopedic doctor, an orthopedic surgeon, or if you have shoulder pain, or if you, or if you have headaches, they send you to a neurologist, you know, and like they're all very kind of, that's all very disconnected. So I see that kind yeah. of holistic connection. And I think people are coming around to the, to the view that you know it is emotional like it is more emotional than functional because like stress like the reckon at least 90 percent of any gp visit is stress and right. you know i i think people are kind of coming around to that slowly but surely yeah it's coming it's coming out of the uh i out of the place of where it was where it was more considered a little bit out of the mainstream now it becomes more mainstream understanding yeah. And and John Sarno, he brought it in incredible, you know, the, he, he wrote uh, uh, Mind-Body Separation and, and, uh, and he wrote Healing Back Pain and many things. And he did an amazing, he was an amazing man and he brought that whole understanding in. And he, he was a rejuvenation re, um, re doctor in uh, Columbia University, and he brought that in, and then the medical world rejected him, you know, because they don't want to deal with emotion. 
They don't want to look at it. Well, it's, it's, it's just a quick fix, quick, you know, a pill for everyone. Yeah. And, and he was stunned that they rejected him, but he ended up working with big stars and, and healing them and, and doing it all with no massage, no body work, nothing, just change of understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I have this book actually, he, he's amazing. And again, kind of before his time. And looking at the rebalancing, you're the co-founder of Rebalancing. Tell us more yeah. about that. Well, it developed with me and Anabuddha, his name was. Uh, he still does body work. He teaches his own body work with his wife, uh, Arun, Conscious Touch. But it started with us in uh, 70, 77. And uh, we, we started with the training. And, uh, and then we brought in other teachers. And we brought in Rolfers to teach. And because we could bring in anybody in the commune. And that was the beauty. There, was all, all, there wasn't this allegiance to the technique kind of thing that there is. And so it became, we learned also by bringing people in, we were learning also. And we, we brought in an Aston patterner, which was something I wanted to learn. And, and, and then this guy came who was an Aston patterner, and then he was teaching with me for a long time. And uh, so I learned a lot and I taught a lot. And it was all under the name of rebalancing, which was a method of uh, deep body work, but it included it included in those days like a triggering on uh, joint mobilization. And it included emotional awareness and emotional release. And it included uh, meditation, a lot around meditation because it was all based in this commune that meditation was such an essential part of. And uh, which means mindfulness or presence mm -hmm. and being present and real. And, you know, also looking at the thing of, of sharing love, you're sharing love. And when you share love with people through your method, um, of course, you don't go sexual. That's a given. So you don't cross that boundary where it's unethical, but you, you become intimate. And I think the best healers or therapists or body workers are able to be intimate with their clients. And, and, the, and the client feels really met by the person through the method, but also through the energetic connection and through the words that are shared and uh, through the guidance that's given. And yeah, so I think that's a very powerful part of the work that often is not really taught in a lot of schools, not really supported in the way that we learned, not just me, but others who went through this experience who teach their stuff. Uh, we learned to, to share so that, I see it now that how much there's a tribe around the work I'm teaching and they're beautiful people, the young, lots of young, beautiful people, but people that I find beautiful. You bring your own clients, you know, your style brings certain clients. And, yeah. and I feel how important the tribe is also, and that's important also because I grew up in communes you know, and still I'm based in communities like this place in Greece where I live it's a growth community you know this whole area growth community and 
many Osho sannyasins, but many different centers within walking distance and festivals and uh, seekers coming. And so I, I, I like living here also very much as part of my growth these days is living like that and, uh, and being able to do my work in such an environment. I feel gratitude for that. And I actually do. I feel grateful. And, and yet I keep myself under stress, Brian. I'm always trying to expand and spend. And, you know, now I'm doing a new website with a really good guy. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like I want to keep going and, and expanding. I want what become. And, and that's good. I'm driven like that. And I'm bringing in the other teachers. There's four other teachers of this myofascial energetic release, and I'm bringing them into my website and centralizing it. And uh, they'll have their own sites, but we'll have this central thing, and we'll all invest money in terms of marketing, and we'll brand the work a lot better. So that's well, not easy right now. And that's not always, it doesn't allow me to relax so much. It's not, it's not totally my world, but yeah. I hire people, you know, and, and so I'm with the people and I'm, my, my wife is upset because I'm spending this much money on it. It has lots of aspects to it, but expansion for me right now is a lot to do with uh, the work is weak. Nobody's doing it. I see that. And now the thing is to get it out there to, to as many people there, as yeah. I can. And that's, I suppose, that's, you know, that, that can be, uh, and I know myself from my own kind of work and my own business, like that's, that can be challenging. It can be stressful. It's kind of, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, like to challenge yourself is good. And like, I suppose the ripple effect that goes out to the world when you get it out there. Yeah, thank you for that. That's very true. The challenge is good. You keep yourself challenged. It keeps you younger. Yeah. Otherwise, you settle. You're half retired inside, you know, living on a Greek island. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. And as you said, man, like, you know, like uh, people, you know, like, like they reckon, like, and this is coming from Harvard, Stanford, like 90% of people don't like their job. That's fact. So, you know, this whole thing of being on the tread, being on the hamster wheel and being in the rat race, you know, like Doing that something has no meaning for you. Yeah. And that, 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 not out of meaning. Exactly. And that applies to a lot of people, the vast majority yeah, most, of people. Most of the people, yeah. But you're doing That's something. Why there's so that, much bad backs and bad necks. Exactly. And bad knees and, and so bad ankles and bad shoulders. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, Whereas you're doing something, you're doing something that you love. Like that's the key. That's the secret. That's the code. That is, and I feel like I've been on a path to do this, uh, just from years, like from my hippie times. And I still consider myself an old hippie. You know, hippies. But more than a hippie, I'm a disciple and and a lover of Osho, and of truth. And, uh, and sometimes I, I put so much energy into work that I, I don't give enough energy to my search, but I'm about to change that also. You know, look at, speaking anyway. of that, because, you know, like, again, like you've been on such an amazing, like, man, you could do a movie about your life. Like, that's just, you know, it's just been such a, an amazing journey and full of, you know, kind of travels and learning and sharing and teaching. Like, it's so inspiring. Um, you know so like thank you for sharing that with me and 
the amazing work that you're doing and I just love that kind of holistic approach that you take that you're kind of you know you're amalgamating all the different influences and all the different teachings and all the different you know um inspirations you've had over your life so that's absolutely kind of it's beautiful so thanks for sharing that with me and looking at kind of you know like what this podcast is based on which is self-care and I know you've said there that you know you're, you're keeping busy and you know you're keeping the challenges up but like how do you mind you how is my self-care yeah uh you know, one of the things that really grew my self-care in the last five years is living here in, in Corfu. And because a big part of my self-care is being in community, and there's a community of friends here. So I'm not always with people. I, as I get older, I need more time alone. But I also, I like to have the choice. And here there's a lot of old friends and new friends I make here and uh, and so that is a self-care that's really a care for me and being in the Greek environment which is very the, the island you know Corfu which is very uh, Greeks are very loving and they remind me of Indians in a way but they're different they, you know they have a rich culture but they're very loving and they're very good at service but they also as you live here for periods of time like I do, you make friends with the different uh, business owners and, uh, and sometimes waiters and waitresses. And so that's a beautiful environment for me. The people, the, this Mediterranean Greek culture, it fits my Zorba and, and uh, yeah, I, I really relax here with the ocean and the nature. You know, after a certain amount of time, I want to be back in the city because, and then we go back to Cologne, which is also, and so, so gives me something else where I can learn different things and different things happen for me there. And the work gets a little stronger in terms of because it's colder and whatever. And uh, so it's, it's, it's all about balance, isn't it? It's about balance, man. And I called that work rebalancing, you know, and, but uh, it's about yeah. balance. I don't always find the balance, but I, my tendency, you know, up until recently, I, I look at my schedule. I was traveling around the world, you know, and I'm like 70, 69, 60, traveling too much and going from group to training, from group to training, from training to training, and, and going to China three times, America twice, and and then India, but it was like the amount of travel and distress was too much, but I was driven in that way. And now I just quit five groups that are take, take that I usually do, and, and I have more space. But also within that space, I find that I'm, most of the time I'm focused on work. <laughs> yeah, funny, yeah. And do you, do you swim in the sea? In, or, I swim in the sea, yeah. Cool. And I love it. And, it, you know, it's because it's the sea, it's not the ocean. And so sometimes it's really warm these days because it's summer. Yeah. And it's like a pond. There's no wind. It's like this warm kind of pond. And other times it's kind of cold and brisk to go in. But yeah. a little bit yeah. of waves. But the waves are never that big because it's the sea. I grew up on the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, but this is sea. And very nice, it's much more gentle. 
And, and I love going into the sea here. That's also part of my self-care, meditating with Osho and listening to Osho in the mornings. It's my self-care with my wife. We do that. Being with my wife, it has a huge element of self-care for me because uh, sharing love and, and, and care for each other amongst the struggles that we have for 16 years. And, but uh, underlying that we're loving each other and we stay interested in each other. We see something in each other, magic. Uh, that's, that gives me a lot, a relationship also, along with everything else of that. But um, yeah, and, and friendships, which is part of community. But here, a lot of people come, they, old friends come here and they stay a month or three weeks. And so I get to meet people here in this environment, which has also always been a very important thing for me is, is friendship and community. My parents were communists, Brian, and my father at one point was the head of the Communist Party in San Francisco. Okay. So I grew up with this kind of background, that, that communal living. And the communists in those days, in that time, were interesting people in San Francisco. They were dancers and, and artists. And, you know, McCarthy was after artists, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And my father was very boisterous, you know. And, but the, we would, they would have meetings and bazaars and, and all kinds of meetings. With, we, I would go, you know, the families would go. And so it had that kind of community, which were interesting people, people out of the box. Because yeah. to be a communist in America in those days, you had to be out of the box, you know. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And where can people find you? Um, they can find you, me at um, myofascialtrainings.com. Okay. Myofascialtrainings.com is my uh, website. Okay, well, I will put a link to that website, to your website, onto this podcast. And wow, like, again, I'm like, you know, I can just see, I can see the, a movie there. Like, there's just it's, it's so much in there, so many adventures. And thank you for sharing with me those adventures. And thank you for having me, Brian. You're great. I love your act. Thanks, man. I, thank you. I, <laughs> thank you for being so kind and generous, and for again just sharing with me those adventures and everything you've learned and sh everything you've shared with so many people, and how you help so many people, and how you mind you. And for now, best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Mind You. I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and Mind You at brianbarneswellbeing.com.